on America Can We Talk. I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. your tolerance when I lecture me is there no end to your own hypocrisy your God is power you have no shame your only interest is political gain you hide your eyes and refuse to listen you play your game. coming up next America can we talk with your host Debbie Georgiatos And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today in this show, I want to talk about AI marries media propagandists and censors. I have amazing things to tell you today, by the way. We have a guest joining us in studio, Daniel Goodwin, involved in January 6th. You'll hear his story and a whole lot more. And the final topic is American military unreadiness. And so there you go. We came back from a... Um, a conference over the weekend. My husband and I went to a conference, heard some stellar speakers, very, very high level, very serious, no foof, no kind of thing, um, and heard a lot of really, really serious speakers talking about the condition America finds itself in. And is oddly relieving to recognize that other really engaged, serious, substantive people are as worried about America's future as uh, I am, as my husband and I are, as millions of Americans are. People with this notion that we are not are losing, we have lost to control of the rule of law, the, the constitutional rights being recognized. We are at the point of trying to pull it back, bring back uh, those rights um, to America. And uh, Part of what I want to share just in the very beginning um, that was uh, talked about a lot was this idea of how much the American people are propagandized, are they're, what they can read and see is controlled, what they believe to be true is created and controlled by the government. One particular uh, specific example, um, and there was uh, this I just found this morning, but uh, Chucky Schumer, Senator Schumer, who is the Senate Majority Leader, held his first AI conference, and he's basically talking about using AI with respect to the 2024 election. And he is talking about the idea, and in fact, the, the uh, litany of characters he invited to this conference tells you a lot about what they, who they are, a bunch of union leaders leaders, uh, AFL-CIO leaders, um, uh, people of that ilk, uh, very, very involved in the union movement, um, a lot of people in the high-tech industries, uh, Google CEO uh, Sundar Pakai, sorry if I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, Tesla X, SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, um, there were a whole host of people, Meta founder CEO Mark Zuckerberg, and they're talking about the idea of how these entities acting together using artificial intelligence, using what social media does to control people, uh, can really, in the way they try to sell it is, to help us have a safe and secure election in 2024. Because after all, AI can be used to shut down conversation the left doesn't like. They can be it can be used without even taking man hours. Just let AI go after people who are, in their words, reporting disinformation, misinformation. So they are they're actually planning ahead to tell you they're going to rig the 2024 election as they did the 2020 election using what we now know. We learned from the Twitter files. We had massive interference in free speech. 
in the 2020 elections, Department of Homeland Security getting in the middle of what it was that Twitter would allow people to say, which means what you're allowed to read, learn, and know about. So you had that occurring in 2020, you had the holding back of the Hunter Biden uh, laptop, lies about the laptop, which continue to this day. I have so many things to tell you folks. I mean, an hour is just always very, very hard. But I'm bringing up the idea that the left and the social media giants and many people on the right who are happy to be complicit, they have no qualms and no moral hesitation, no ethical hesitation to orchestrate what you can read, what you can think, and therefore what you even understand. You don't know what's going on. You don't understand what truth is because they are, they are designing what truth, what truth you're allowed to see. There was also a quantitative analysis done recently by Google in which, about Google rather, um, and this was a, a serious, substantive, quantitative analysis that basically concluded Google steered, Google steered about 6 million votes to Biden in 2020. And I'm telling you, that is a low number. The capacity of Google, which handles whatever the percentage is, 82% or more of the, um, search, the searches people do around the world, those searches are controlled by them. So they're controlling. It isn't just, you know, they're private companies, so they're controlling, you know, they can do what they want. They're controlling what the average person can possibly learn about and understand. So that study came out, Google steering about 6 million votes at an extreme minimum uh, to Biden in 2020. And I'll tell you something else that's just kind of caught my attention. It isn't so much directly about the idea of, of, politics and what people allowed to read uh, in preparation for the next election in 2024, even things that are just follow the left-wing agenda, the left-wing lunacy agenda, uh, one being uh, the CDC put out guidance recently. The Center for Disease Control put out guidance for males who want to breastfeed infants, or they now use the term chest feed. So this whole transgender thing, which is by itself a concoction, a fantasy, it's a not real science, this now has gotten to the point CDC is putting out advice how males can breastfeed. Similarly, if you Google the question, can men menstruate? Can men have periods? And Google said, oh, yes, oh, yes. In fact, this morning I was looking it up. It used to be the case was only ex some extreme, you know, really left-wing kind of loopy websites would say it had things. Uh, the earliest one I saw was 2016 saying, oh, yeah, yeah, men, men can menstruate. Men have periods. Uh-huh. And they're talking about, of course, people who have mangled their bodies. They have just, you know, they, they have harmed their natural God-given identity, made themselves into some you know, uh, contorted version of their former self, their real self, and now they're claiming, yeah, yeah, men can menstruate. And I, you know, I, I'm going to guess most people in my audience are listening, thinking, okay, but who believes that? I mean, so what if they say that? Who believes that? But the answer is millions. The answer is millions. The answer of the number of people who actually thought that Joe Biden was a straight shooter, that he never interfered with Hunter Biden's businesses, that the Biden family had not taken in millions of dollars from the CCP, Millions, millions. And when the media controls the story, such as putting out the lie that Donald Trump was somehow colluding with the Russians. And so after millions of dollars spent and, and hundreds of thousands of man hours and depositions and people arrested, end of the day, they finally had to admit, the FBI had to admit, the DOJ had to admit, we got nothing. There was actually nothing to this entire story of Trump-Russia collusion. And yet polls, even a couple years later, showed a significant plurality of Democrats 
still think probably he really did clue with the Russians. They just couldn't find the evidence. I'm getting at the control of information, what you perceive about life, about events, about people, about candidates, about elected officials is so controlled in ways we do not ever see. You might think you're really uh, on top of the news, that you're really staying well informed because after all, you check three or four websites every morning or however you gather your news. Hopefully you tune into America Can We Talk and go on my website and look at all my old interviews and shows, but whatever you do, you think you're informed, but you have to recognize me being the highest of alert to recognize there's always propaganda being thrown at the American people in ways you don't see. There's always censorship of conservative ideas and conservative candidates and a spinning of the news of all kinds to favor the anti-American left and to cause people who may have intuitively, naturally accepted the more rational, you know, mainstream patriotic movement America's views causes them to doubt what they think and doubt their conclusions and doubt whether maybe they really, really don't understand. There's just a time, you know, um, I'll do one last point on this before I uh, turn to our guest. So I've mentioned before I went to Russia when it was still communist. Uh, and so, and, and walking through Moscow, they had these uh, telephone poles, I mean, like structures, really tall poles, loudspeaker at the top, blasting out in um, in Russian. And so we asked our guide, you know, what is this? What, what are they talking about? And he said, it's anti-American propaganda. It's pro-communist propaganda. So you try to go shopping in the streets of Moscow, which were at that time extremely depressing, but still people were out doing their errands, doing their marketing. And you're, you're just inundated with lies, lies that America is going to fall apart because capitalism is bad, lies that communism is a great thing. And they control the media in Russia. And so what you thought when you think, well, I'm well informed, I'm buying Pravda, which by the way, the word Pravda in Russian means, if you didn't know this, means truth. I mean, what a farce. So you, we look at countries like that. We look at countries like North Korea and uh, Russia when it was more firmly communist, China, Cuba, Venezuela, complete control by the government of what the people are allowed to read and know and understand. And we think, wow, those poor people, that's terrible. They can't find out what the truth is because the government orchestrates everything. People were not that far from that. When Chucky Schumer is meeting with people, the, the high-tech people who are controlling social media, working with and, and willing, very willing to go along with the censorship under the guise of we're trying to protect against disinformation, the kind of executive orders that has, have come out from the Biden administration, I've read many times on this show, we are living in that now. This is what the, we, the kind of society we're living in. We have all the window dressing that makes America seem like, well, yeah, but we still have free speech, kind of. We still have free press. You know, not really. Not really when the government controls what you can say in the popular social media outlets, when the social media outlets censor, and then, therefore, the people who want to understand facts and truth can't get there, cannot find a way to get there because of the actions of the anti-American left, the government, and the social media companies that are complicit in the censorship and therefore the creating of ignorance in, in the American population. And that, my very friend, friends, is today's first five. And yes, it's longer than five, but there you go. Okay, so we have a guest joining us in studio. Um, and I, was, I just actually talked to this gentleman uh, last night. And so uh, he is a uh, January 6th victim. He's among the persecuted on the January 6th um, 
uh, date. And oh, by the way, wait, quickly, if you're in the Dallas area, I know not a lot of you in the Dallas area, but if you're in the Dallas area, there's a meeting tonight of the uh, Cook County Conservatives and two of the January 6th defendants who've been on my show before and they're coming on again. Jaleesa and Mark Middleton are speaking there tonight. I'm speaking a little bit too. So you can probably still go. Cook County Conservatives, you got to look it up online, find out when and where they meet. But you could hear from them directly in their story. Now returning to our guest, we have joining us Daniel Goodwin. He was uh, in Washington on January 6th uh, and has a, an amazing story to tell, not just about what happened on January 6th, but the way the courts have treated him and, and how he, moving forward, is, is trying to stand up for his rights. So welcome to the show, Daniel Goodwin. Hi there. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. So where um, should I start? Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you went to Washington January 6th. Just start with, why'd you go there? What was your plan? Yeah, so um, leading up to January 6th, I was uh, big into the free speech movement. I held some rallies in San Francisco, D.C., and Miami called Demand Free Speech. And uh, I even met some Proud Boys who uh, ended up doing security for us. Um, they were very wholesome guys. Anyways, uh, so I was doing the Stop the Steal rallies leading up to January 6th, and I went to the various state capitals like Sacramento, Atlanta, and Phoenix. So, uh, you know, I had just been covering things like that in Trump rallies. So I went there. You know, I was planning to get some video and show how big the crowds actually were because they're always lying about the crowds. And also we had heard, you know, maybe there will be Antifa provocateurs. So, all right, well, if I see anything, I'll catch it on video. We'll be able to report on it. So basically going as a citizen journalist uh, with StopHate.com where I worked, uh, where I still work. And uh, so I uh, ended up getting there late that day. And uh, uh, by the time I got to the building, uh, the you're doors talking were about January sixth in Washington. 6th. Okay. Yeah. And by the time I got to the to the building, the doors were open. I just meandered in. The, of the police, Capitol, U.S. Capitol. The, the Capitol building. The police were standing right by the door. They weren't stopping anyone from going in. And uh, this is all on video. And they said, you know, for me to leave. So uh, I left, and I was in there less than a minute. And I got sentenced to uh, two months in prison. Okay. You were in the Capitol less than one minute. And did you hit anybody? No. Did you break anything? No. Did you yell in the officers' faces? Yeah, I said, uh, I called him an oath breaker. I said, get his badge number. So that's, I think, protected <laughs> by the First Amendment. I would say so. I would say so. You're just, okay, so you're in, inside the Capitol, one minute, went outside. Outside the Capitol, did you get in altercations? Did you get, did you hit anybody? Was it, was it violent, what you were doing outside the Capitol? No, nothing like that. All the violence happened before I got there. So the only other thing I was doing outside was joking around saying, hey, guys, can we get six feet? We got a pandemic going on, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Or I was uh, speaking on the megaphone. I was like, hey, guys, that door's open. So I don't know if you guys want to go in there instead of be out here, you know, basically. Yeah. You know, I've heard many. I've had other January 6 people uh, here who talk about the doors being open. They truly did not perceive that the officers standing by were trying to stop people from entering. Was they that your They were not trying to no, stop they, people. They objectively were not. Yeah, it's all on video. Okay, so I want to go back more on January 6th in a minute, but so you left Washington shortly after that. I mean, when did you first find out the police were interested in talking to you, the government was interested in talking to you? I had you? journalists calling me, telling me that the FBI was coming after me. So then I ah. had the FBI calling me up, and they talked to my lawyer. I, just, I said, I'm not going to talk to these people. So I said, hey, you can talk to my lawyer. Here's his number. They talked to my lawyer, arranged for me to self-surrender, and then they did a pre-dawn Roger Stone-style raid and raided my house instead of doing the surrender because okay. they wanted to confiscate all my devices. Hold on. You had set up to surrender. That's right. I didn't even hear this part last night. We didn't, okay. I just well, want to guess. Yeah, there's a million things to say. So. <laughs> I know. So you had arranged to surrender through your lawyer, mm -hmm. and prior to your the timed plan yeah, to surrender. Yeah, it would have been a couple days later. 
they they came to your home. You were actually at your parents' home, right? That's right. I was visiting my parents on the way back to San Francisco. Okay. So they came to your parents' home, and it was an early morning pre-dawn kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Scared the daylights out of people, I Pointing assume. Pointing guns at us, you know, banging on the door with the medieval-style battering ramps. Uh, yeah, traumatized uh. my whole family. They had us all in handcuffs, except for the last person who walked out, even though none of them had even gone to D.C. Yeah. Okay. So you were eventually charged with... What were you charged with? I was actually charged uh, with four misdemeanors for while I, uh, that they took me into jail for. While I was in jail for 21 days, they added another charge, which is a 20-year felony called obstruction of an official proceeding. Okay. That is the one they have been hanging their hat on in, in a lot of these January 6 cases, obstruction of an official proceeding. When you went inside the, the uh, Capitol building, did you go into where the House was actually meeting? I was so in that you, outer hall. Yeah, it's all in video. And the, the rotunda kind of thing? That you're even, even no, not, not even close. Okay. Okay. So, um, by the way, for our listeners, I want to mention one quick thing. There's a great website called American Gulag, americangulag.org, and you can read the stories of a lot of these January 6 people because uh, I, I don't know if they're still keeping up, but for a long time they were keeping up with who'd been arrested, what was happening, what their stories were. And I, I have Daniel's story here. So I want to keep rolling, though. So you, so you were first were arrested, and it, you were taken. This arrest occurred in Texas, right? That's right. And so they took you back to Washington. No. They took me to Fannin County. Fannin County, Texas. That's right. And I was in Denton County with my, where my parents live, um, but they didn't. They wanted to find a place where that they would let me go because I wouldn't wear a mask. Ah, okay. I'm with you. I don't wear a mask either. Okay, so you, they arrest you. They sent you to Fannin County. So the first time, the 21 days, those were, that was you were held pretrial, or that That's was right. held pretrial 21 days. Okay, and then you end up, you had a trial? I, I don't know your whole story. No, so I didn't even have a trial. So after that, I had a full year of, um, of house arrest and, uh, you know, eventually got to get my ankle bracelet off. That thing didn't even have GPS. It could just tell them when I left the house. So I could, I could leave the house to go to church on Sundays. And, um, and I had to take a picture to prove I was really at church. <laughs> yeah. So they tried to, uh, about a year later, they tried to get me to plead to that. 1512 obstruction felony charge uh, that holds 20 years, same one they charged Trump with recently. And I just told him, no, like, obviously not. I'm not guilty of that. It's ridiculous. Um, and why am I going to ad admit to something that I didn't do that's going to potentially cost me up to, you know, uh, 20 Big years, you know, maybe even 20 years, but it could be, you know, probably three or four years, maybe, you know. But, um, then they actually, I was surprised, they came back and said, okay, well, you can plead to one of these misdemeanors. But along with that, they give you the statement of offense that they write up and you have to sign your name to. And I said, I'm not going to be able to sign this because there's lies in it. And again, surprisingly, they actually were um, willing to alter it to say the truth about what actually happened with me. So I had them take things out, add things, change things and to where it's accurate and actually add a picture. So it's interesting because the DOJ keeps up a database of all the January 6th people uh, and they put some of their documents, like the plea agreements and the statement of offense and criminal complaint, things like that. For mine, they put up the plea agreement page, but they didn't put up the statement of offense page because now it doesn't have their lies in it anymore. Maybe they don't want people to see it. I'm wondering if that's the reason. But they don't keep that site up very well. Okay. So you never actually, and I just want to understand, maybe it's my legal brain, but the sequence was get arrested, hold you in Fannin County, and you never had a trial? You never, never had, had a trial. Never had a trial. You, so you, you were held because you agreed to plead to those. It was pre, why, why were you held? Because it was pretrial? What, for 21 days? Yeah. Yes. I think that was illegal for them to do that. 
But I mean, it was not was because you had reasoning? pled guilty. You hadn't pled guilty. I hadn't pled guilty. No. Okay, so you hadn't pled guilty. They held guilty. you. Sorry. I pled not guilty. Yeah. Okay. So then they're out, and then they came back with this plea to the felony. You wouldn't do that. So basically, you have they serve the 21 days. You would not plead to the felony. They took it down to some other charge to which you did plead guilty. Right. Basically, uh, trespassing. Trespassing. Okay. Okay. Which actually is not even true. Also, I mean, it, the idea is it's the people's house. The idea that you're, you know, I mean, Congress. Anyway, well, I have to argue. Yeah, definitely, argue. an argument could be made. I mean, I walked through an open door. The police were there. They weren't stopping me. However, they did ask me to leave when I was in the building. So that's how I could. Maybe if I don't say the plead guilty to the entering part, but to the remaining part, because I stayed there for a couple of seconds to call him an oath breaker. Yeah. Okay. So now you're done with that, except to say you, you had a year of, you call it house arrest? Well, I had a house, yeah, a year of house arrest. Now I have a year of supervised release. Okay. So the house arrest part, how did that work? This is just, you had to say, in Texas still we're talking? Yeah, at my parents' house. So they make one of my parents the custodian, legal custodian. And I had to stay there. Uh, like I said, I had an ankle monitor. I couldn't leave the house except for church. Um, you know, and, and, and even then, like, I couldn't stop for gas on the way to or from church. If my car was running low, someone had to go fill it up for me. I couldn't stay for food afterwards if they had food. Uh, it's just I have to tell them in two weeks in advance what's the address of the church, the time I'm going to be there, a picture to prove I'm there. And other than that, I'm staying at home. You know, I'm having to fill out paperwork every month to tell them, like, oh, I'm, you know, staying within all the terms. You know, they have, like, oh, you can't have a gun, uh, you know, all these different things little rules they have, which are ma mainly made up for people who are like, you know, gangbangers and drug dealers and cartel I, I, yeah, members. Could not agree more. So you had that period of time, but now you're also in a, so that was a, a um, house arrest thing. Now you're in a, under a different restriction from the court, right? About, about, go yeah. So supervised release is a year long. They can't give me probation if they gave me prison time. So they just change the name and call it supervised release. They give me that for a year. So if I step out of line one thing, then they just lock me up again. Okay, so supervised release, you're still required to stay in Texas. Yeah, that's right. I was actually pre-trial allowed to be in the northern or eastern district of Texas. For the um, supervised release, they have me staying in just the eastern district of Texas, um, except for the supervising officer said he would make an exception for uh, Dallas and Fort Worth and, and uh, Rockwell where my boss lives. Okay, so you're still working? That's right. Yeah, stophate.com. Say it again, stophate.com. Yeah, That's we're right. going to get that now. Let's talk about Stop Hate. So the end of the story was right now, in fact, I'll just throw in one little factoid before we get to, I want to talk about stophate.com. But part of the term of the supervised release is that what the government tried to set up was, make a term of it was, they would put some kind of monitoring device or software. He was supposed to agree monitoring device or software on all of his gadgets, his phone, his computer, everything. So the government was trying to say, you know, you got supervised release, but we basically can track you. And so it was on his phone, computer, any other kind of device, uh, which now is being appealed because that is just, I mean, you know, and, you know, obviously it's recording everything you do. It's recording every place you go. Um, so this, I, I raise that to say, and I know I've been over this many, many times on this show, but when you look at the conduct that occurred at the hands of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the violence around this country, you never hear stories like this. You never hear the, of someone literally the only conduct that was questionable was walking in the Capitol and walking back out. 
on January 6th, and you get you're in 21 days, and you have uh, you, your control uh, in your home, and then uh, then you, now you're on supervised release. This is the government saying we're really sending the message to people who dare to challenge our government, who dare to challenge the election, which is really what January 6th was all about. Is uh, people concerned about the 2020 election? They're sending the message. Never, ever, you'll never dare do this again. Okay, now there's another website. I mentioned American Gulag, which I kind of like. It's americangulag.org. Um, but there's another one that you were telling me about called stophate.com that you're involved in. So tell us about that. That's right. And I was working with stophate.com beforehand doing free speech activism. Um, and David Sumrall is, uh, you know, he's a licensed investigator with the DOJ now regarding January 6th. He's able to look at some of that footage, all of that footage, even some of the stuff that... Uh, like Tucker and his people, they don't have access to because they have what Kevin McCarthy gave them, but we have the stuff that the government has. So we have not just the CCTV, we have the body cams from the police, we have all the, you know, video from other January Sixers from their phones, anything that was public that they downloaded before it got banned by the social media platform. So we have access to all that stuff. And it's more than you could ever wait through. But we put out two documentaries. We can't publish any of the stuff that's sensitive, but we can publish, you know, if something's been public, like if it's been in trial, if it's been in a court hearing, or, you know, if it's just from somebody's phone rather than the government CCTV. So we put out two documentaries, and we're going to put out another January 6th documentary very soon. Okay. So we have in those tweets, Mr. Emilio, we have in those tweets, I think the first one's a teaser. Of this, of this one of the films that you made, correct? Can we do that first one, please? Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. We didn't look away after the attack on Pearl Harbor. We didn't look away after the attacks on 9-11. They may have been from foreign powers, but we still, just because it was Americans who did this, we cannot look away after the attack of January 6th. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Okay, I was going to comment about that. I was talking at the beginning of the show about how much our thought is manipulated by the, by the media. The very day of January 6th, 2021, some media figures began using the word insurrection. And backing up from that, everyone who was paying attention to how corrupt the 2020 election was 
knew exactly why January 6th got a little out of control, because people were angry and no one in the government would listen. The courts wouldn't listen to the substance of what was presented in the election integrity cases. I mean, the people knew what had happened. And, and we have now have far more evidence today than we had at that time. But that was why January 6th happened. It was a protest, a minute number of people, many of whom may have been plants, people who weren't even really part of the actual MAGA crowd, committed small acts of violence. I mean, it was not a, it was, it was a protest that got, that got a little bit out of control. Not nearly as out of control as Antifa and Black Lives Matter got for a year straight prior to that. But in any case, back to January 6th, what this, uh, what the government tried to do is to plant in the minds of Americans that it was an insurrection. And let me just interrupt myself and say, so in your view, when you were there January 6th, did it, did you think it was an insurrection? Were you trying to commit insurrection? What was the reason? I mean, again, why were you there? Well, I was obviously there because of the voter fraud, and I was, you know, I was a part of the Stop the Steal movement. I didn't want our election to be stolen, which they ended up actually doing. Um, everyone knows Trump won. That's obvious. They call it an insurrection. They call it a lot of things, but no one's been charged with insurrection. There's an actual crime called insurrection they could have charged people with, and they never did. They ended up eventually charging the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers with seditious conspiracy, which is also bogus, because they obviously are not guilty of those crimes either. But um, they want to call it treasonous, treason. That's another crime that they could have charged people with. They never did. Rioting, rioters, they always talk, call us rioting, riotous mobs. Well, there's charges for rioting. There's no January 6er who's been charged with rioting. So it's very bogus. And when, it, when you talk about the agitators and the violence, like by the time I got there, People were meandering. There was no violence. There were no agitators. Earlier in the day, there were uh, agitators. And, you know, obviously people were mad about the election. Some of the people might have been just genuinely mad. But for the most part, they were just there to protest. And no one was going to fight cops. The only reason people started fighting cops is because the cops started doing things like shooting into the crowd, launching grenades into the crowd, into a peaceful area. And that's all on video. We're going to show that in this True Timeline video. Okay, so you have, you mentioned the StopHate.com has one video out, a second video, and a third one coming out soon. That's right. And the third one's called, it's... That, this trailer was for the third one, so it's called uh, A True Timeline. A True Timeline, okay. Because uh, honestly, this, these kind of things, putting a video out, letting people see what really happened, because like on so many topics, if you just read mainstream media or you just, heaven forbid, you just listen to the left, uh, you have no idea what actually happened. You don't know what the truth is. Just like citizens in China and other where government controls the media, you don't know the truth. You just can't know. Okay, so the stop hate is trying to get the truth out there. Doesn't it also, it gives people a way to, people, uh, which a question you always hear from people is, what can I do to help? So if people are, and I, I actually, I want to tell you, um, friends, to me, the January 6th thing is the, uh, among the deepest stains ever on America's history, ever on America's history. It is the ongoing persecution by law, of lawful protesters by our government that is weaponizing the power of the government to shut down political opposition. Not just to punish people who are there on January 6th, but to send a message to other Americans in the future you will never protest an election. Doesn't matter how obvious the theft is, doesn't matter that you know that the left didn't win. You're being sent a message 
you're being frightened into thinking I better never protest because I don't want to be one of those guys sitting in jail cells. And, and people got much longer sentences for doing virtually nothing on January 6th than this short uh, sentence that this, our, our guest uh, today had. So one of the quick things I want to clear up before I turn to this book, but uh, so I was, before we talked last night, I was looking you up, reading a bunch of articles, and uh, one was called, it says, Self-Proclaimed Proud Boy uh, Pleads Guilty to Entering the Capitol on January 6th. So that my first question to you is, what in the heck are the Proud Boys? Just, what was your answer? Well, yeah, I'm not a Proud Boy. So I have friends that are Proud Boys, and they're great people, but I'm not one. So basically, the government and the Democrats specifically wanted to create a nexus between Trump, the Proud Boys, and the January 6th protest. So what they did is they took a tweet where I put it a, a, a Proud Boys meme up, and I said, uh, awaiting orders from our Commander-in-Chief. And they're like, look, Commander-in-Chief, President. Proud Boys meme, Proud Boy. This guy, he was at the protest. Okay, so Donald Trump is guilty of insurrection with telling the Proud Boys to storm the Capitol, and that's their narrative. They actually brought up my tweet in the uh, Senate impeachment hearing, the documents, did, uh, d Democrats, sorry. Yeah, so you have no affiliation with Proud Boys, I mean, no connection, no membership. I'm not a member. Okay, but, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I, I only printed out one, but I saw numerous articles that are calling you a Proud Boy, and, and you know, I mean, this is how uh, when journalism fails to use integrity, when they decide, oh, this is the, what we're going with, this is the label we're going with, we're going to call it an insurrection, despite the evidence is not back calling it an insurrection, we're going to call these people terrorists, which they weren't, and we're going to, we're going to label them all, uh, you know, proud boys, because that conjures up, the image has, the term proud boy has been propagandized by the left to sound like crazy lunatic, uh, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but just bad people. And you said your connection, with, I think earlier saying one connection with Proud Boys is that you had hired them as security yeah. in your free speech events. Well, we didn't even hire them. They volunteered to do the security for us like they do for a lot of other people, like they would do for, for example, Ann Coulter if she wanted to go to a college in Berkeley and where Antifa was threatening to kill her, you know? So the Proud Boys are people who will just defend people. And they call them white supremacists because that's what they call all Republicans or right-wing yeah. people, but the, the, the group is led by a, a guy who's half black and half Cuban, so it's ridiculous for them to say they're white supremacists. The head of Proud Boys is half black and half Cuban? That's right, and he just got sentenced to 22 years. He wasn't even at the Capitol, and they called okay. it seditious oh, conspiracy. Sorry, he wasn't in D.C., Enrique Tarrio. Yeah, Enrique Tarrio. He wasn't even in D.C. He wasn't yeah. there, and he, he didn't even have his phone on him. Meaning he was... So how is he conspiring with the sedition that's oh. happening? There was no sedition. And they're saying, yeah. you know, you're going to take over the government by force. And if you have an agreement, a wink and a nod, that you're going to do that. Well, it's all fabricated. A D.C. jury just says it's... They say it's true because they don't like you because they saw in the news that you're evil. So they think you like Trump. Even if you don't, you're going to get convicted in a D.C. jury. Yeah, that's among the main, uh, many problems connected with the January 6th prosecutions is they're all happening in the Washington, D.C. courts, whether the few that were in this, the um, district-level courts plus the other ones are in the federal court. Uh, the jurors are comprised of people who vote whatever it is, 94% Republican, I'm a Democrat, uh, who hate Trump. I mean, you're, you're being sent up. It, it could, it's nothing close to a jury of your peers. It's a jury of people who already hate your political views. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So stop hate tells people one way they how they can help uh, help support the January six persecuted. How's that? That's right. So stophate.com/j6. You can find the calls to action to help uh, January sixers, and we got a lot of things on there. So one of them is this book here, the American Gulag Chronicles: Letters from Prison. Um, here, let me show it, Emilio. 
Here we go. So my mom actually helped put that together, and it's what it sounds like. That's letters from prison, from the DC Gulag. So that's the DC CTF. They call it the Patriot Pod, where they have people who are there to this day who have not had a trial yet. I know. So it's yeah. two and a half years of pre-trial confinement, and uh, some of these people have been tortured at certain times during that place in there, and they just recently locked it down again, and they're blaming COVID. But these letters, if, if you read this book, I haven't even read it yet because it's too emotional for me. I'll probably read it soon. I thought maybe I would read it in prison, but I, uh, you know, it's hard to get things in there. But um, it's $45 and the money goes to help January 6ers. So we where also, can they order it? If you go to stophay.com slash J6, you can click on the link there. And it's like a central place for all that stuff. So not only can you find that book, you can find a link to the, uh, what we call the Stop Hate Department of Defense, where we have all the fundraisers listed that we can find for our January Sixers. You can find their ones and donate straight to them. We don't get any of that money. Of course, you could donate to us too. We could use the money, but we also have um, the documentaries I mentioned. We list other documentaries by other people that are about January 6th. So you can do all the research you want about January 6th. Um, and we have the ways you can write letters to the prisoners. So this doesn't just have to be a book of other people writing letters to other people. You can actually find out who in my state is actually incarcerated right now and they probably didn't do anything wrong and they need to know that the patriots are backing them and supporting that, them that it the really American means people a lot. know they're there we haven't forgotten them so the the organization stophate.com and you can go there and you can eventually order this book and you can find ways to write letters your book again is the american gulag chronicles uh, i couldn't get through it. i mean i started looking at it it just makes you cry but the, these are american citizens locked up many of whom did exactly zero wrong but this is what this is when people say they're very concerned about the direction the country and how tyrannical the left is. This is a wonderful example. This is a you know, probably example number one uh, of why we people are deeply concerned about our country and the future of freedom, free speech, uh, right to assemble, right to protest. I mean, you can, if you're a leftist, you can protest all day long on anything, but people protesting, especially as administration, uh, are ending up with irrationally long, unjustifiably long sentences. Um, okay, so we had one other clip, um, and it was from Tucker. I think, uh, how long is it, like a minute and a half? One minute and nine seconds. Okay, let's quick play that to wrap up. So we're, this clip is uh, Tucker Carlson, um, who had our guest today, Daniel Goodwin, on his show, play a little bit of what he, how he characterized, you understand, how completely crazy and innocent, how innocent this young man is and how truly corrupt our system has become. What if I told you that the full story of January 6th isn't what you've been led to believe? What if I told you that at least four unarmed people were killed at the Capitol that day? What if I told you that there was no published restricted zone available to the public and that President Trump wasn't allowed to direct people to the specific rally points around the Capitol? What if I told you that police removed hundreds of barricades from the area of the first breach hours before it happened? What if I told you that the first group of demonstrators that breached security gates that morning had a police escort? What if I told you nothing, but showed you everything? What if we published the first accurate timeline with all of the footage and all of the context? What if we allowed you to decide? January 6th, a true timeline, coming soon.
Okay, so are people going to be able to find that film, a link to it, at where, where they find that, at Stop Hate? That's right, yeah, stophate.com slash J6 got all the links, but they could also find it at a thousand days of terror.com. Thousand days of terror. Okay, so I, we were going to play the clip of Tucker Carlson, but now we're not. So I want to encourage you to watch that film when it comes out. One thing I've been doing, we've done in our home, is films like this, what you wish people would listen to. Uh, buy a copy and, and have a little gathering in your home. Just show people who don't know, because I, still, even within the conservative ranks, there are people who assume somehow January 6th was you know, more, more criminal than it really was. And so to get the idea, to help people get the perspective that we in America we're watching, and we've had now, I think it's something like a thousand people have been arrested, tried, and various, and, and nobody gets found not guilty. One guy got found not guilty that I, I read Two. about. Two now? But neither of them had a jury. Those were by judges. Yeah, by judges, trial. which is very wise. Um, and there are now, there were estimates months ago that they, the FBI planned to charge, DOJ planned to charge a thousand more, and now they're talking Two. about two thousand more. Yeah. So this is That'll this is three. not ending. They're deciding we're going to go after every person that ever thought a bad thought about the 2020 elections, and people, this this cannot go on in America. So Daniel Goodwin, I'm going to thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me on. And so anything else? Tell people where to go to learn more about you to help is uh, stophate.com/j6, uh, danielgoodwin.com, and I also have a free speech website uh, sfthoughtcriminal.com. And all my social media are on link to those sites. Okay. I am sorry on behalf of America that you're going through this, but I'm, I really commend your bravery for not. I think some people just want to, you know, when they went through the legal hassle there, they just want to run away, go home, and, and, and leave it behind them. But you're really standing up and speaking up about this horrific stain on America's history. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Okay, folks, I want to one a quick story today. So I told you we were at this um, conference, and there's a national security expert uh, whom I've known for years, and he gave a speech about essentially all that China is revving up to do to harm America. You know, so this is not American military unreadiness, but all that China is doing. And, you know, he went through the litany that many times you've heard on this show before, how China has announced in a, in a whole host of actually... Uh, you know, official meetings of the Chinese Communist Party, official statements by high-level military people. They plan to take America down. They're not kidding. They plan to be the world's single dominant superpower. They are revving up not just in terms of their military being more highly honed, more trained, more uh, aggressive. They've used ideology within China to convince the Chinese people that they should view America as their enemy. They use ideology in America through a variety of means to undermine the, the camaraderie, the culture of America, the connection of the American people. China is using a long list, a variety of methods to take down America. One of the things that we mentioned many times um, was a book written by two Chinese generals. They actually wrote a book in 1998 or 99, basically saying, here's how we're going to take America down without firing a shot, without dropping a bomb. It was called unrestricted warfare. And they're very specific, they're very detailed. So this is the this is where we are in the year 2023. China is at the, they, they think they have done it, they're on the way to taking America down. And then you compound that with who is our commander in chief, who now through the research of the committees on the Capitol Hill have uncovered that literally the CCP is funneling money to the Biden administration 
funneling money not to the Biden family. It's a family operation. It's, it's enormous amounts of money, 30 to $50 million at a minimum. And so the CCP, which on this show and other places, Sam Faddis, a wonderful former, um, very, very high-level um, undercover CIA operative, has pointed out that the way China is paying money to, the Biden, to Joe Biden over and over and over, they'd only be doing it because Joe Biden is doing exactly what China wants him to do. They would not keep sending money to Joe if Joe was not following orders of the CCP. So we have China wants to take over America. We have Joe Biden, senile for one thing, but on top of that, corrupt to the core, taking money from the CCP. And then you think, well, but that's okay because we have a really great military in America, so we'll probably be okay. I just want to tell you a couple things um, about the military. Uh, and this was, again, at this conference we were at. I could not print out all these pictures, so I am going to... Unfortunately, I'm going to have to read some of these to you, but I do want to tell you uh, the presentation was about something happening in the United States Senate. So Tommy Tuberville, who is the uh, Republican senator from Alabama, is single-handedly in the United States Senate holding up the promotions of people the military is trying to move up to the next rank. They have a wide range of officials who are now just stopped at the door because the Senate has to approve these people moving up in rank within the military, and Tommy Tuberville is having none of it, not going to let one of those promotions go through. And people are making the argument, well, you know, uh, he's really he's endangering America because he's military people. You know, he shouldn't be holding these up. It's really bad. Let me just make something clear. He's not hurting anything. The only complaint these military people legitimately have is maybe their family flew into Washington to watch some formal ceremony where they get uh, moved up a rank and get a pin on their shirt or whatever it is. They're still in the military. They still have jobs in the military. The military is still functioning. Nothing bad is happening because Tommy Tuberville will not humor these promotions. And the reason he is not humoring those promotions is because of the condition of the military and the particular focus of the military to spend time and money focusing on critical race theory, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, Endless talk about the whole idea of LGBTQI, transgender rights. I mean, the lunacy of the left that should just live somewhere on a funny farm with the left actually lives inside America's military. Obama, during his, 12, his eight years, um, spent a great deal of time calling out the upper levels of the military, removing patriots, removing people who believe in America and would fight for America, understand the point of the military is to fight for America. In its place, in those people's place, the military is promoting leftists, lunatic leftists who want to spend their time focusing on critical race theory, which is a Marxist ideology determined to destroy any form, any possibility of connection, camaraderie, and connection between the American people. It deliberately plants division, racial hatred, racial suspicion. The entire point of critical race theory is to divide, to make people hate each other. It's the reason critical race theory exists. You got people in the military for whom this is the meaning of life. Critical race theory, DEI, and also the LGBTQ agenda, and especially the T part of that, spending time uh, indulging in transgenderism. And back to China, they're looking at our military and saying, oh my gosh, could, we, could they be any more vulnerable? Could they be any more idiotic? So Tommy Tuberville is a brave 
patriots standing up in the military saying no. And you know, that's the most amazing thing. Uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark, um, and someone had a funny name, Thoroughly Modern Milley, but General Mark Milley um, proudly says, proudly says, the military is not woke, which is, I mean, everyone paying attention understands it is, isn't woke, but he was responsible for and using drag queens for recruitment. Imagine the kind of guy who's going to join the military because he gets to watch freaking drag queens. So I'm just going to tell you, I mean, I mean there's got to be people within the Chinese Communist Party thinking, you know, is this like a big subterfuge? America's really got a strong military and, you know, we're just being uh, duped by all of this uh, um, garbage. But no, actually, our military is a mess. And I'm going to read you some of the um, uh, from my happy little phone I, uh, pictures I took. These people that he, um, Tommy Tuberville, is declining to allow to move forward in promotion. Uh, Brigadier General John R. Edwards in the Air Force. He was nominated for promotion to Major General. He's a member of the Pacific Islander Asian American Community Team for the Department of the Air Force Barrier Analysis Working Group aims to identify barriers in civilian and military workplace policies to equal opportunity, diversity, inclusion, and to devise policies to eliminate diversity, uh, eliminate any barriers to diversity and inclusion. He shared a post on LinkedIn, uh, an article outlining drastic DEI policy implement. The guy is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which has no place, frankly, in any American corporation, and most certainly not in the military. So uh, Tommy Tuberville is saying, Tuberville saying, ah, no, not doing that. Um, so there are, I mean, there, there are literally uh, dozens of these I could read to you. Uh, these are the people being held up by Tommy Tuberville. Major General Andrew Rowling, R-O-H-L-I-N-G. He was nominated for to Lieutenant General. He made opening remarks at Project Inclusion. We didn't even, shouldn't even have Project Inclusion in our military. Project Inclusion uh, in Italy. Project Inclusion is aimed at enacting army-wide initiatives that promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. As America's most respected institution, we must lead on these issues. We must work to end bias and prejudice in all its forms and ensure equal opportunity, dignity, and respect for all. He demanded that senators help us overcome Tuberville's filibuster while pushing aid for Ukraine funding. Uh, yeah, no, no, and no. Okay, uh, Rear Admiral uh, Brendan McClain. Okay, I could do this for another hour. I could read you these stories. These are people, you have to figure this out. These are people the military has nominated for promotions. But Millie says the military is not woke. I mean, this is the most woke thing you could possibly imagine the most woke you possibly imagine, trying to promote people because they push critical race theory and DEI and inclusion and all these, and transgender advocacy. I mean, it was, it was individual after individual after individual, and Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville is just saying, no, not happening, not happening. So um, he's a hero. He is to be praised. If you live in Alabama, you ought to send him an email or call his office and thank him for doing this. I mean, this is one of the many ways to stop the leftist takedown of America includes stopping what they've done to the military. There's also pending uh, tomorrow, I want to make sure and share this story tomorrow. So my good friend, Reggie Littlejohn, who is an amazing person, um, she's trying to call attention to the fact that it is, very, is tomorrow, um, sorry, um, 
when um, there's a, they, she has a sovereignty coalition and stop the vaccine passport task force, the World Health Organization, literally this vote is tomorrow, the World Health Organization wants to grab global control through health. The UN wants to do the same thing through climate change. Both are pushing global digital ID. What could go wrong? Global digital ID. Uh, meanwhile, uh, G20, the summit G20, and the Bank of International Settlements want to impose central bank digital currencies worldwide. If we do not resist now, we will inevitably become trapped in a digital gulag. Understanding we're heading toward a digital gulag, and we freed America, America freed our slaves, we're gonna all be in the digital gulag controlled by the international powers that be, World Health Organization. These are not, you know, EBGB speculations. Gee, what if they think, do this? This is gonna be terrible. These are actually things going on, things that are happening, and a uh, huge vote tomorrow in the World Health Organization. And in case you missed this point last week, and I got to kind of wrap up the show, we're getting near the end. If you missed this point last week, the World Health Organization wants to be in charge of all pandemics, you know, of declaring what a pandemic is, what response is needed, and dictate for the world whether we have masks, whether we have forced vaccines, whether we have shutdowns. But they've included in their, in their capturing of the power they want to have it's not just pandemics. It's emergencies that involve, in their own words, plants and animals. Meaning anytime some climate change, you know, crazy announces that there is an endangered fish someplace or endangered insect, whatever it is, they want to have the authority internationally to move to protect all done under the guise or excuse of we're just trying to help, we're just trying to save people. We've got a climate emergency because, you know, some insect uh, population is reduced. These people are using climate change to take down the freedom and sovereignty of America. This is what Reggie Littlejohn is trying to talk about. I'm going to write about this on my, both on my website, americacanbetalk.org, and on my, I'm running for RNC committee woman in the great state of Texas. My RNC for committee woman website is Debbie G for RNC. Isn't that great? It rhymes. Debbie G, the digit for RNC.com. Debbie G for RNC.com, right about there too. But when I tell you that people are concerned about the future of freedom, this all by itself is a looming over our shoulders, right around the corner commitment by this administration, the Biden administration with the World Health Organization to surrender America's sovereignty on massive, massive numbers of issues. And you can hardly hear a peep, hardly a peep out of even the Republicans who have a slim majority in the House hardly hear a peep, hardly hear a sound, a sigh of protest from many Republicans who have a bully pulpit, who have a way to speak, and they're just letting these, these just lethal, mortal attacks on the future of freedom happen and not speaking up at all. I'll be speaking up more, and I hope more of them do. Quickly, for our Thursday show this week, we had our planned guest, uh, Dr. Miriam Grossman, who wrote a brilliant book, Lost in Trans Nation. She's a psychiatrist writing about the transgender agenda. She unfortunately became uh, ill and unavailable to be here Thursday. But we do have a great guest joining us, Texas State Senator Bob Hall, a leader among the conservatives in Texas State Senate. And he is going to tell you, not just a lot of the inside scoop on the impeachment, the failed impeachment effort um, for uh, our Attorney General Ken Paxton, but also 
talk about what all the dynamics were behind the scenes, because if you actually read what the House put out, you might think, wow, this was horrible. And the Senate acquitted, and the Senate acquitted because there was no evidence. He's going to spell all that out. Always a great guest, so do tune in Thursday. So at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our day today talking about AI marries media propagandists and censors. Staggeringly important recent news anecdotes. Google is found to have steered 6 million votes to Biden in 2020. Schumer is openly gearing up for government big tech collaboration to influence the 2024 election. They do it right in our faces, people. Google search question, can men menstruate? Uh, Google answers yes to the entire world, to to people who do not understand anything about life, and they think that's actually a true statement. CDC has issued guidance for men to engage in chest feeding. Across politics and all aspects of culture, government big tech is determined to define truth, but every bit of it is a left-wing propaganda, and AI will make it more subtle and more deceiving. Americans must stay alert against relentless thought control efforts of government and big tech. Freedom must include freedom of thought, freedom to question anything. Government big tech thought control does not actually benefit anyone. And on the American military unreadiness, recent nominee for chairman of the Joint Chiefs is an Air Force officer. Heritage Foundation study says that Air Force has gone from marginally ready to weak to very weak under this person's leadership. So the military gets weaker. What's their answer? Let's nominate him to be chairman of the Joint, Chief, uh, Joint Chiefs. Um, I, I mean, it, it couldn't be more lunatic. Credentials are all about wokeness and not about real readiness. Americans must never be deceived or confused about wokeness as poison to the military and poison to everything else it claims to govern. There is no possible way to build military cohesion, motivation, and a unified fighting spirit upon a foundation that characterizes people as inevitably oppressors or victims based upon their skin color. No possible way. Senator Tommy Tuberville is not creating danger to the U.S. military by blocking the advance of wokeness in military leadership. It's the military leadership professing virtues in wokeness that is a real danger. The U.S. military needs a massive overhaul of its leadership ranks, and wokeness must be expelled. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Please check out our website, americacanwetalk.org. Past interviews, past shows, blog posts, it's all there. Also check out my uh, website for my campaign for RNC committee woman. Debbie G, the digit four, rnc.com. Debbie G for rnc.com putting new blog posts up, new interviews, new commentary. Uh, just lo I, I love the American political conversation. I love talking with you every day, talking with Americans about the unique and extraordinary greatness of America and how it is up to every generation of Americans to defend this precious country. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear